Good morning, Orlando, and more especially, good Friday morning. Welcome aboard. You're on the 50,000-watt front porch for our first check at 6 o'clock of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic right here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, the Trump administration will impose new sanctions on Iran. And a Sanford man promises to clean up his yard. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. We're now two weeks into the Trump presidency. My question to you, is he better or worse than you thought? Let's talk next on Good Morning Orlando. Good Friday morning at 6.01 on News Radio 1025. The Trump administration reportedly is going to slap new sanctions on Iran because of last weekend's ballistic missile test, and it could happen today. The administration said this week it's putting Iran on notice for the missile launch. National Security Advisor Michael Flynn called the launch further evidence of Iran's destabilizing behavior. The sanctions will be imposed in a way that doesn't break the 2015 nuclear deal. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Also overseas, the give and take on settlements has switched back to the Israelis after a White House statement suggesting that new or expanded settlements beyond current borders may not be very helpful in a Mideast peace process. The group representing Israeli settlers, however, is downplaying the statement and says it's looking forward to working with the Trump administration. Back here stateside, Congress is taking steps to kill regulations blocking the mentally ill from buying guns. The Republican-controlled House voted to strike down rules requiring people who have mental illnesses to be reported to the FBI's background check system. Critics say the rule is too broad and would strip people with disabilities of their Second Amendment rights. The Senate still has to approve the change before sending it to President Trump. The National Rifle Association opposes the rule. Delaware Governor John Carney says authorities will hold accountable those responsible for a prison uprising that left a guard dead. Inmates at a prison in Smyrna took four hostages, eventually releasing two of them. Following a 20-hour standoff, a counselor was safely rescued, but a prison guard, 47-year-old Stephen Floyd, was found dead. In local news, one Seminole County neighborhood should soon look a whole lot better. Alan Davis has agreed to finally clean all the junk that is piled up in his yard on Alpine Street in Altamont Springs. Davis has spent the better part of the last 25 years covering his yard with junk like old cars, bikes, and tires. He was arrested a year ago and was released yesterday after he told a judge that he will have the yard cleaned up in the next 60 days. We've been doing stories on Alan Davis and the big mess in his yard for so many years. Is I, I guess the, the heart and soul of it is he says, it's my yard, it's kind of my sovereign domain, doggone it, I can do what I want with it. Basically, because, you know, years ago, because, I mean, this guy went to prison for this, I know, it's just, just been going on forever. Uh, he went to prison for it, and... Uh, you know, the, the the Seminole County Sheriff's Office, like, hauled away tons, like 31 tons worth of trash from his yard. Neighbors say it's already all, already back up to where it was before. And here we go again. And here we go again. So his neighbors really aren't holding out a lot of hope because, you know, again, they're thinking this man was willing to go to prison yeah. to keep the junk in yeah. his yard. He's hardcore. He really is. <laughs> he really is. Speaking of hardcore or someone who used to be Tiger Woods time, in the Omega Dubai Desert Classic is going to be short-lived. Woods has withdrawn from the European Tour Tournament after the first round due to a bad back. 
which shot a 77 with five bogeys and no birdies at the Emirates Golf Club. This was only his third tournament since coming back from two back surgeries in 2015. Woods is scheduled to play in the Genesis Open, however, two weeks from now. I got to say, it feels to me like Tiger, in terms of a competitive professional golfer, may be done when you hear that it's back spasms after the little golf he's been playing. He was five minutes from his tee time today over in the Middle East, and he had to pull out. He had the back spasms last night after that first round, and as, as you indicated, not a very good one at 77. Yeah, no, definitely. It just seems like every time he tries to come back, yeah. uh, his back ends up causing him problems. Anybody with chronic back problems know Ooh. how hard that is to get over. And when you when you make your living twisting and contorting your lower back as a golfer. For decades. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sad to see. It really is. And finally, a Kansas man will get Super Bowl tickets for the rest of his life after a lucky beer run. Who? Remember, we had done this story. Lyle Randa won Bud Light's Super Bowl tickets for life sweepstakes where they uh, were channeling their inner Willy Wonka. After finding the golden beer can and a 30-pack he bought from a Wichita liquor store, Anheuser-Busch released 37,000 gold cans that gave drinkers the chance to win a lifetime of Super Bowl tickets. Six other people won tickets to this weekend, Super Bowl 51. And in case you've been living under a rock, the Atlanta Falcons and the New England Patriots... Bud's New England Patriots. I got my Tom Brady jersey on that the kids gave me for Father's Day a couple of years ago. I'm fired up and ready to go. Go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're going to be all right? She's a Packer fan. She just doesn't handle this very well. No, I I really can't even look in your direction. So if it seems like I'm being rude, I'm kidding. What? What? What's the rest of this here? Well, the Atlanta Falcons, New England Patriots are going to clash in Super Bowl 51 on Sunday at NRG Stadium in Houston. The Falcons are seeking their first Lombardi Trophy in franchise history. By the way, that Lombardi Trophy named after the Green Bay Packers coach from the 1960s, but that's okay. I digress. I'll give you that. The Patriots chase their fifth title of the millennium. Kickoff is at 6.30 Sunday evening. Lady Gaga will perform at halftime and reportedly even from part of the Dome. I hear part of her act is going to be done from the top of the Dome in Houston. I can't imagine, but Lady Gaga always does something that draws attention. As you say, uh, it is Lady Gaga. The game will air on Fox. WFLA News Time 607. The Statue of Liberty, I kid you not, was supposed to be an Arab peasant woman. Oh, come on. That was the original design. <laughs> if you don't believe me, read the story for yourself at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. From News Radio 1025, this is Good Morning Orlando. Thank you, Deb, the Budmeister, the Budmeister and the Deb. Man. <laughs> the Deb Man, no. Come on, bud. It's been a long way. You know what? I'm in I'm in Super Bowl mode here. i got to get my mind back on the 50,000-watt front porch. I'm in Houston. That's it's the okay. fourth quarter, and the Patriots are or up down. by 10. No, oh, 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 sorry. Right. Anyway, all right, enough of my fantasy land. It's the Bud Man and the Deb Meister and Yaffe at the controls. It's Good Morning Orlando, the Friday edition for the Frontgate Realty Studio. Why don't you visit laurahasthebuyers.com? You'll be glad you did. We're on WFLA News Radio 1025 FM, still on AM 540 and nationwide on iHeartRadio. Well, we're two weeks into the Trump presidency. Man, it's been coming at us fast and furious. My question to you next. Is Trump better or worse than you thought he would be as president for the first two weeks? I got some new polling numbers. We'll get to it here in a moment. Let's talk Trump, 407-916-5400. It's early, audience a little smaller. You got a shot to get in. 
I want to hear the vets and the first-timers here. Tell me, you must have an opinion on this. Everybody has an opinion on this. Is he better or worse as president than you thought he would be? 407-916-5400 or our text line wide open always at 23680. We'll dive right in. We'll have that. And, of course, we will have the very latest in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic all in two minutes for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Yeah, but I tell you, I would vote for Trump being better than I expected him to be because I did not expect anywhere near this much to actually get done two weeks into the administration. It's never happened before. As I said, trying to do a talk show here with all of this Trump stuff coming at us is like trying to drink from a, you know, from a fire hose when you're used to drinking from a straw. I mean, it's just overwhelming. I mean, just think about this. You talk about a guy coming out of the private sector where he's a can-do, get-things-done-now guy. The billionaire Donald Trump froze federal hiring to try and get a rein on, on, on government cost and spending. Vowed to build the wall, backed up yesterday by his Homeland Security Secretary, the former General Kelly, who says, oh, yeah, we're building the wall. The immigration order to try to protect the United States from radical Islam. It's caused all kinds of chaos on the left. They're apoplectic about this in particular. The Supreme Court pick of Neil Gorsuch all in two weeks, and that's just kind of part of it. There's more out there. I fancy myself, Mike, as a man of action. I like action. I think Donald Trump has been impressive, and I think he's better than I thought he would be two weeks in. Uh, he's about what I expected, to be honest. Is that right? He's done good things, but then he puts his foot in his mouth and ruins it. I mean, that that's the big problem with him. I don't know if opinion. he ruins it or not, but it sure muddies the water. You exactly. Know? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he's always been a man of action, but a lot of presidents do a lot in their first 100 days, two weeks. Trump is just really good at marketing it. That, hey. That's the thing with Trump. He just markets it and gets a lot of tension for it. That's what he's good at. All right, you check the text line. I'll be back to you on that at 23680. Our phone line's exploding at 407-916-5400. We're going to do another segment on this, too. Matt from Claremont. Trump, two weeks in, better or worse than you thought, and why? Oh, basically, but he's amazing. And it is because he's engaging the enemy. He's engaging a smackdown with these communists that are disrupting our country. And, you know, you got to grow a spine a little bit in the, on the Yaffe side that... that a lot of people are, oh, he said this. Guess what? you got to get tough to beat these people. That's how he won the election. That, and that's that, how that, that's what he was, Trump was saying yesterday at the National Prayer Breakfast. And by the way, we got an interesting angle on that at Amen. 7 o'clock. Yeah. He, he was saying, hey, only about my, my tough phone calls. Relax. It's all right. Everything's going right. to be fine. you got to be tough. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm what not talking, talking about, about his Yaffe? tough stance. I'm talking about like yesterday when he talks about The Apprentice at the prayer breakfast. What was well, he talking about? That was stupid. You know, how come, uh, how come we haven't had uh, uh, tough statements from people like Franklin Graham before? That, what, what are you talking about? The, la- I, I'm, the only thing I've heard from Franklin Graham is uh, a very nice well, job I mean, in the invocation. Monday morning quarterback until Trump got elected. Now he's backing him. You know, that's the thing. We've had Christian, weak Christian leaders, and this is a time when we need to stand tall. Okay. All right, so you were fine at the National Prayer Breakfast, but the fact of the matter is he kind of, you know, got off the track here talking about his ratings better doing The Apprentice than Arnold Schwarzenegger's. But I think it was all tongue-in-cheek and back and forth a little bit. But I think he had a very good message at the um, at the prayer breakfast, and I will get into an angle well, that, on that 
That's the- what I was saying. He had a good message, but then he muddies the water with other comments he does. Yeah. Frank and Jerry, you'll be next. I got a few spots open on the 50,000-watt front porch on our phone lines. I want to know. You tell me. You've got to have an opinion, and I don't care what it is. I just want you to express it. You've watched this president and the rapid-fire pace of his presidency for the first two weeks. Is he better at this job or worse at it than you expected him to be, and why? And our text line to 23680, phone 407-916-5400. Let's have some fun with this here on a Friday morning. It's not often we do opinion stuff this early because normally, you know, people are just still trying to get the cobwebs out. But I figure this would be an easy one because everybody's got to have an opinion. What's yours? Yeah, I can't remember the last time they took a vote at 630 in the morning um, in, in the Senate. But 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 Mitch McConnell has has called him in to do this on on cutting off debate on the DeVos nomination. One of the reasons is those Republicans in the Senate are all going down to the Breakers Hotel, the old five star hotel in um in in Palm Beach for a uh, a big fundraising retreat for the weekend and they want to get this done here because the Senate rules say you can't take a vote until so many hours after you have taken a vote and cut off cut off debate so that that's kind of what's going on but they got to get out of town to the breakers tough weekend huh <laughs> I was about to say they want to get on their vacation that's yeah. what it is <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> how about the text line and whether or not uh, Trump is better or worse than our listeners thought two weeks in. Um, yeah, most people think it's better. One person said, uh, Trump is exceeding my expectations. Better, better, better. Another person, which is very interesting, said, this never-Trumper says he's a lot better than I thought. So you got a never-Trumper who thinks he's better. What about you as a never-Trumper? You didn't like this guy? You voted for Hillary? You think the world's going to end when he gets elected? Now he's been inaugurated and he's been president for two weeks. Where are you never Trumpers on his performance for the first two weeks? You like what you see or not? Call me, 407-916-5400. Frank's been a Trump supporter. I wonder what you think. From Deltona, you're on the 50,000-watt front porch. Good morning, Frank. Good morning to you, bud. I love you. I listen to you every morning. Thank you. Since so dark 30. Uh, he's much better. Uh, he's focused. He's He's doing... Uh, what he said he was going to do, and he's doing it in a timely fashion. Now, when Yaffe says, you know, but he just keeps on going down these rabbit holes, as I call them, sidelights, you know, getting into the size of the inaugural crowd or uh, or whatever it happens to be, going off the rails at the prayer breakfast, talking about the apprentice ratings and Arnold Schwarzenegger, does that bother you at all? Not really. I think that's his persona. I think that's his, uh, that's the way he is. I don't think you're going to change him. I think we may get more used to that. It's just so wrenching because it's unlike anything we've seen with a president before. Thanks for weighing in. Always appreciate having you with us here, Frank, one of our loyal listeners. You understand what I'm saying, Yaffe? I think along the way we just may get used to a completely different style uh, uh, of a president. You know, Is that a good thing? I mean, some of the, I mean the, some of the stuff that he's muddying the waters with is kind of narcissistic. It's kind of, I mean, that's what it is. When he's talking about his apprentice ratings and crowd what, what, size. What is this, some kind of revelation? I mean, it was like that on the campaign well, I know, trail. But I'm just saying I want people to be consistent. If it were Obama doing those things, we would be railing against him for it. So now that it's Trump, we're like, oh, now we don't care. I mean. Oh, I don't know if we don't care. It's like we have to get used to it because it's not going to change. He's 70 well, I years get old. that it's not. And by the way, I'm not saying he hasn't done a lot of good things. I think he's done a lot of great this week has been really good, especially with his Supreme Court pick. He united the Republican Party behind him with that. So, I mean, he's definitely done some good things. He's just been a mixed bag to me. I'm just being honest.
You got your primetime show on WFLA tonight or evening show. Um, um, yeah. You're Beyond Reason show. Are you going to be talking about some of this? Oh, yeah. I'm going to talk about a lot of this. And, um, yeah, it's 6 to 8 p.m. tonight, and we'll see what else happens during the day. I'm... Always lots of stuff that happens during the day before the show. No question about it. You got to wait for the day to happen, particularly under the Trump presidency, <laughs> or you're going to be prepping <laughs> right. the show five times before you do it. <laughs> My co-host and partner, Deborah Roberts, in the newsroom right now. And uh, Iran, it appears Deb's going to be on Trump's front burner today. What's the latest? Yes, it could, because it could be hit with new sanctions, actually, by the U.S., Bud. As early as today, earlier this week, the Trump administration said it had put Iran on notice after it test-fired a ballistic missile. It's unclear exactly which entities would be sanctioned, but administration officials say the sanctions will be placed in a way that doesn't break the 2015 nuclear deal. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. One of the French capital's biggest tourist attractions was evacuated today after a soldier was attacked by someone carrying two machetes. Police say when the man was told he couldn't enter a shopping mall near the Louvre Museum with two backpacks, he pulled out a knife and attacked. A soldier opened fire, striking the man five times. The attacker was seriously wounded. The soldier was slightly hurt. Back in the Sunshine State, the governor and the speaker of the Florida House are at loggerheads over taxes. Each year, the legislature sets a millage rate for local property taxes to help pay for public schools. Property values are going up and the taxes bring in more money. But if the millage rate stays the same, Governor Rick Scott says it's not a tax increase. When your house goes up in value, most of us like that, right? Anybody that uh, doesn't understand that that that's not a tax increase, I'm surprised. But if they use the same rate, House Speaker Richard Corcoran says property taxes go up by $558 million statewide. He raises property taxes. I've said it a thousand times. The House will not raise taxes. And the speaker says he's willing to force the legislative session into overtime if that's what it takes to kill an increase in property taxes. Students at the University of Florida are petitioning to become a sanctuary campus. Nearly 1,500 people signed a change.org petition in support of the designation. The effort was spearheaded by a campus activist, but it's unclear if the campus administration will respond to the petition. And the backer of the successful medical marijuana amendment is considering a run for governor next year. Orlando attorney John Morgan told media yesterday at an event for the Tallahassee Tiger Bay Club that he's undecided on whether to throw his hat into the 2018 race to succeed term-limited Governor Rick Scott. Morgan was the chief backer of Amendment 2 that passed by a near 3-to-1 margin in November. Finally in sports, the Magic are back on the hardwood tonight hosting the Toronto Raptors at the Amway Center. Orlando will then hit the road to Atlanta to play the Hawks tomorrow. The Magic have lost five of their last six. WFLA News Time, 635. I'm Deborah Roberts, News Radio 1025 WFLA. Get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. All right, Deb, thank you so much. Deborah Roberts back with the news whenever it breaks and at the top of the bottom of the hour. Count on it all morning long here in Good Morning Orlando and 
So many of you count on um, 6.35 in the morning on our show, meaning we check the business news with our good friends from the Bloomberg Network. And uh, in the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York, in Virginia this morning, once again, Adrian Mitchell. And good Friday morning to you, Adrian. How are you? I'm very well. That sounds good, doesn't it, Friday morning? Absolutely. It needed Especially. to be Friday, and by golly, I double-checked. It is. How sweet <laughs> that is. Hey, before we get going on some very particular items you have in the Bloomberg Report this morning, how about running down how the stocks performed yesterday and what you think might unfold today? You bet. Well, everything is flat yesterday, and they're flat today, too. And it's all because of this big jobs report that is coming up on Friday on Wall Street. This is Jobs Report Friday. So we've got the S&P futures up 4, Dow futures up 40, and the NASDAQ futures up 7. Forecasters surveyed by Bloomberg think the Labor Department is going to tell us that U.S. employers added 180,000 jobs to payrolls last month. This is a bit of an uptick from a prediction just earlier this week, and it comes after payroll processor ADP is should a far bigger jump in January private sector hiring than expected. And President Trump's daughter Ivanka has just gotten some news she doesn't welcome. Tell us about that, Adrian. Yeah, Nordstrom is dropping her clothing brand, the Ivanka Trump brand, this season. It says it is not a political decision, but because it's just not selling well. The company has faced boycott threats, though, because it did stock the Ivanka Trump clothing and shoes. The Grab Your Wallet campaign had called on shoppers not to buy Ivanka or Donald Trump brand merchandise. And in November, Nordstrom co-president Pete Nordstrom said he was kind of in a spot. He wrote in an email to employees that the company had heard from people who said they'd boycott Nordstrom if it kept selling Ivanka's fashions and if it stopped selling Ivanka's fashions. So, <laughs> can't win. No, I guess not. I guess not. You know, it's not even Valentine's Day, but McDonald's is already leaping ahead to St. Patrick's Day, and we're about to be able to get something at McDonald's that I have loved for years. Oh, that shamrock yeah. shake. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you're a member of the cult. So am I. <laughs> <laughs> it's the minty green milkshake, the shamrock shake. It's coming back. And McDonald's is now offering some variations. Apparently, you could always get a chocolate shamrock shake if you asked for it. Mm. But Consumerist says McDonald's is now putting that sort of secret menu item on the official menu. And this year, there are many calories to be had at McDonald's. A shamrock hot chocolate, shamrock mocha, and a shamrock chocolate chip frappe are joining the lineup. I'm in. I hate to say it, probably shouldn't be, but I'm in. <laughs> hey, before you go, um, for folks who might be facing adversity in this week running up to the Super Bowl in their lives, hey, it could be worse. Uh, Adrian, you could be a chicken, right? <laughs> Yes. With the Super Bowl coming up, it is time for our annual look at chicken wings. The National Chicken Council forecasts Americans will eat, this is a really amazing, 1.33 billion chicken wings this weekend. Wow. Yeah. And that's more than last year when we ate 1.3 billion even. <laughs> and it, it turns out I cook the things at home. But the industry group says most of us just buy them at bars or restaurants or pizza places like Papa John's. And mm -hmm. Papa John's has some good news for us on that front. Uh, it says the cost of wings is pretty consistent, so we can expect to pay about the same for chicken wings this year as last. But the toughest week of the year to be a chicken, without Absolutely. question. Yep. Always <laughs> great having you with us, Adrian Mitchell, uh, bringing us the Bloomberg Business Report. Have a wonderful weekend, okay? You too. Good deal. Hey, listen, um, got a couple of more callers on the question of the hour here on the 50,000-watt front porch. And, and Tracy and Dick, I will take your calls here in a moment and squeeze you in if you're willing to hang with me through a very brief break. Your opinions on whether or not Donald Trump is better or worse than you expected him to be two weeks into his presidency. 
We're going to have that. we got some other stuff we need to talk about relating to where this country is headed. And I'm talking about the bottom line with you next. All of this in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic updated for you in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I promised a couple of patient callers uh, the line here. I need you to be quick and focused because i got other things we need to get to and the time is running low. Here is Tracy in Lake Mary. Trump two weeks in, better or worse, and why? Uh, better. Uh, he's exactly what I expected. He's a leader follower, get out of my way. And the guy, has he's compassionate, and he's a man of his word, and that really impresses me. And I think we're blessed to have him. Excellent. Good to hear from you. Dick, you're in Winter Springs weighing in on our question. What do you think? Well, bud, thank you for taking my call. I'm 83, and I just wanted to know, I tell you, I've never seen the like of this ever since November 9th when he became the elected person. In spite of all of the people trying to take him down, including talking talk, talking to electors, trying to get them to change their vote. And then in two weeks after he's, he's inaugurated, he absolutely blitzes the thing. i got to tell you, I voted for him all, for all the time, and I think he's going to be a great president. Thank you, Dick. Appreciate it. You've been around long enough to have seen a lot of presidents come and go and how they got out of the starting gate. I agree. I've never seen anything like these first two weeks. Matt, you're a business owner. Your perspective on the first two weeks of the Trump presidency. Good morning, Matt, from Windermere. Good morning, bud. I've got 14 shopping centers from Homestead to the Panhandle, and I've had more calls to lease space in the past two months than I did in the 10 months previous. I went from the Maytag repairman to the phone ringing off the hook, (laughs) and it's all because of Trump's confidence he's giving to the American people. Now, do people actually tell you that? Um, no, no, but it, I keep a log of every single call, yeah. you know, and, and it's, it's, it's undeniable the fact that people are more confident, especially people that will open a business and take that risk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's really mostly the rhetoric, you know, that, that we're not being, we're not vilifying, um, business owners anymore. Yep. You guys aren't the bad guys. You're not evil anymore. He's, you know, and he's cutting the regulations by 75%. Every time you want to add a government agency regulation, you got to cut two. That's one of the big things we didn't mention that he's done in the first two weeks, Yaffe. Yeah, yeah, that's actually one of my favorite things he's done. But there are storm clouds on the horizon because while the president during the campaign did, Yaffe, talk about we're a debtor nation, $20 trillion of debt, we can't continue this way, I'm not seeing any dramatic proposal to rein in the cost of government end the deficit spending, and pay down the $20 trillion debt. Um, He's talking about more spending on the military, more on public infrastructure to the tune of a trillion dollars. Not all of that public money, but a great deal of it is. He's talking about tax cuts, which is a good thing, but then again, it hurts the revenue coming in, and it increases the deficits unless we have across-the-board major cuts. And, Yaffe, what bothers me is the president is denying, I think, reality when he says he will not touch or reform Social Security or Medicare, and you cannot deal with this debt unless this is restructured. I know. It's so hard to deal with it because it's such a political hot potato. You know, nobody wants to deal with it because it could hurt you politically, but it's going to have to be dealt with somehow. And then there are um, clouds on the horizon in the Congress. Uh, they're talking about bringing back earmarks, the right to a congressman or woman to have these pet projects, you know, that make the voters feel good at home and then get them another term and their cushy job up in Washington here. Um, earmarks were banned under House rules in 2010. Um, and, 
And now, now there, now there's talk, and some of the conservatives are very, very concerned about, you know, that many, many members of Congress are going to try somehow to get the earmarks back in there. All that does is inflate the already bloated deficit spending budgets. You know not, what I'm saying? Well, not only that, but it puts a mindset into more spending for people in Congress. Now, that's something, though, I believe Trump would talk against. I think he would probably get on Twitter and blast Republicans if they brought back brought that back because that is literally draining the swamp is getting rid of earmarks yeah i agree so with that. It, that, that it would fall under that category yeah. and i and i agree with you he might get on the right side of earmarks but i'm telling you the looming disaster for this country if he wants to protect the greatness of america and restore the greatness of america is the fact that we have a 20 trillion dollar debt it's almost unimaginable bold steps are required and sacrifice across this country for everybody is required to deal with it. I just don't see him touching it. Yeah, I mean, he did talk a couple weeks ago about cutting $10 trillion over 10 years, but then he wants to increase spending on right. infrastructure and other things. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I've, I've always been a little worried about that area with him as well. I have said it before, and I believe it. We will never deal with the debt until the economy completely collapses and there is no other choice. And, and we're not there. It's, it's not a clear and present danger. So we're not dealing with it. And Trump isn't here. Yep. All right. Feels like Patriots by 10 to me, but we digress. Liberals, everybody listen up. Okay, you're still wringing your hands saying, how in the world did President Trump happen to us? I can't believe it. What happened? How did this happen? And you're really looking for answers. Well, we try to provide a public service across the political spectrum here on Good Morning Orlando. So let me tell you how all of this came to be. And yes, you are the reason, lefties. Great piece by um, Paul Jennifer entitled Us. He's the former president and chief operating officer of Wireless Telecom Group Incorporated who wrote this right after the election. I'm noticing that a lot of you aren't graciously accepting the fact that your candidate lost. In fact, you seem to be posting even more hateful things about those of us who voted for Trump. Some of you are apparently triggered because you are posting how sick you feel about the results. Well, how did this happen, you ask? Well, here is how it happened. You created us when you attacked our freedom of speech. You created us when you attacked our right to bear arms. You created us when you attacked our Christian beliefs. You created us when you constantly referred to us as racists. You created us when you constantly called us xenophobic. You created us when you told us to get on board or get out of the way. You created us when you attacked our flag. You created us when you took God out of our schools. You created us when you confused women's rights with feminism. You created us when you began to emasculate men. You created us when you decided to make our children soft. You created us when you decided to vote for progressive ideals. You created us when you attacked our way of life. You created us when you decided to let our government get out of control. You created us when you began murdering innocent law enforcement officers. Yes, you created us when you lied and said we could keep our insurance plans and our doctors. You created us when you allowed our jobs to continue to leave our country. You created us when you took a knee or stayed seated or didn't remove your hat during our national anthem. You created us when you forced us to buy health care and then financially penalized us for not participating. 
and we became fed up, and we pushed back and spoke up. And we did it with ballots, not bullets, with ballots, not riots, with ballots, not looting, with ballots, not blocking traffic, with ballots, not fires. Oh, oh, except for the one fire you started inside of us. Yes, liberals, you created us. It's really that simple. The piece is us by the former president and chief operating officer of Wireless Telecom Group Incorporated, Paul Jennifer, resonates with me, perhaps with you, and perhaps with you liberals who've been hand-wringing and searching for answers since the night of November 8th. You might want to give that a little thought. I think there's a lot of truth there. You created us. The best moment at the National Prayer Breakfast yesterday with President Donald Trump, and it had nothing to do with apprentice ratings on Arnold Schwarzenegger, although that's all the mainstream media seems to be playing. And it was a major blow struck and reinforced for religious liberty. We need to talk about what Donald Trump is promising to do in that regard. But first of all, I need to get up to date as much as you do on the news, and that's where my co-host and partner Deborah Roberts comes in here at the top of the hour with her 7 o'clock news update on the Trump administration perhaps imposing new sanctions on Iran today and the White House reviewing policies on religious liberty. Bud, Deb, Yaffe, and company here from the Frontgate Realty Studio on the Friday edition to Good Morning Orlando. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Here on WFLA News Radio 1025 FM, still on AM 540 and nationwide on iHeartRadio. Good morning. We are so glad you're with us here on the 50,000 watt front porch at 7 o'clock. Good morning, Orlando. It's Friday morning at the top of the 7 o'clock hour. Thanks for coming by as we bring you our second look this morning at the top of the hour of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning the Trump administration will impose new sanctions on Iran, and the White House is reviewing policies on religious liberty. We'll have the details in one minute. And the president promised a bold stroke. For religious liberty yesterday at the National Prayer Breakfast. We need to talk about this, and we will next on Good Morning Orlando. Good Friday morning at 7.03 on News Radio 1025. The Trump administration is getting ready to levy new sanctions on Iran for test firing a ballistic missile. U.S. officials say up to two dozen Iranians, companies, and possibly even government agencies could be penalized as soon as today. Earlier this week, the White House warned Iran for the test firing, saying it had been put on notice. Meanwhile, their official news agency is reporting that Iran has banned U.S. wrestlers from participating in the Freestyle World Cup competition this month in response to the visa ban. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Investigators say there were concerns in December about a man suspected of killing a transit officer in downtown Denver. Members of mosques in Texas and Colorado grew alarmed by newcomer Joshua Cummings' hardline comments, and they told authorities about the Muslim convert. Investigators say investigators rather even interviewed Cummings in December, but authorities say on Tuesday evening Cummings walked up to a transit guard and shot him point blank as the guard was simply helping two commuters. The White House is reviewing policies on religious liberty. We have freedom of religion in this country, and I think people should be able to practice their religion, express their religion, 
express areas of their faith without reprisal. White House spokesman Sean Spicer rejected reports that an executive order is pending. He said President Trump is interested in promoting federal policies that do not penalize people for expressing their faith. Speaking very broadly, Spicer also suggested that political correctness has guided too many federal policies. Spicer spoke very broadly, but yesterday at the National Prayer Breakfast, as we will hear in a moment, the president was very specific about what he promises to do in the interest of growing religious liberty in this country. Well, in the meantime, Bud, almost a third of people in the United States believe it is very important to be Christian, to be considered truly American, but another third feel religion is not important. Uh, That's according to a new survey by the Pew Research Center. It found that older people and Republicans were more likely to view Christianity as important. 32% of those surveyed say being born in the U.S. is key to being truly American. 70% think speaking English is very important. And finally, speaking of the prayer breakfast from yesterday morning, President Trump is asking for prayers for Arnold Schwarzenegger (laughs) to help improve the ratings of NBC's Celebrity Apprentice. (laughs) Trump jokingly made the request at the start of yesterday's National Prayer Breakfast after being introduced by television producer Mark Burnett. The ratings went right down the tubes. It's been a total disaster. And Mark will never, ever bet against Trump again. And I want to just pray for Arnold, if we can, for those ratings, okay? But Schwarzenegger promptly fired back in a video on Twitter. Hey, Donald, I have a great idea. Why don't we switch jobs? You take over TV because you're such an expert in ratings, and I take over your job. And then people can finally sleep comfortably again. The two teamed up to create the show. That's Mark Burnett and Donald Trump uh, create the show The Apprentice that Trump left before launching his bid for the White House. But he's still actually technically executive producer of it, which is quite interesting. Yeah, it is. You know, everybody's, you know, they're getting themselves all all upset about this exchange yesterday. And while it was a little crazy for it to come up at the National Prayer Breakfast, I thought it was kind of fun between uh, uh, the president and Arnold. I do. I think I had fun yeah. listening. I liked it. <laughs> it's crazy. It's not a big deal. You know, come on. WFLA News Time 707. Read about a Connecticut pastor accused of a not-so-holy crime online now at 1025WFLA.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. The best moment of the National Prayer Breakfast yesterday, I'll share it with you. It has to do with religious liberty. What President Trump proposes to do, I totally support, but stay with me. We'll get to that here in a moment. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. In fact, in two minutes, for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Not much media coverage of the most important thing President Trump said when he spoke at the National Prayer Breakfast in Washington yesterday. And here it is. I will get rid of and totally destroy the Johnson Amendment and allow our representatives of faith to speak freely and without fear of retribution. I will do that. Remember. And some of you may well be seeing, and there's no shame in this, what the heck is that Johnson Amendment, bud man? Let me tell you, it is a 1954 provision named for later-to-be-President Lyndon Johnson, then a senator, that prohibits tax-exempt organizations like churches 
from participating in political activities, and if they do, if they are, for example, preaching politics, endorsing candidates, or opposing candidates from the pulpit on a Sunday morning, the Johnson Amendment would allow the IRS to remove their tax-exempt status. It's the heavy hand of the government, okay? Trump says he's going to get rid of that. So he is advocating that preachers on a Sunday morning use a sermon to at least in part endorse a particular candidate or oppose a particular candidate. In the name of religious liberty, I support the president and his promise to kill the Johnson Amendment. Exactly how he gets that done with Congress, I don't know, but he says he's going to do it. That said, let me affirm this to you as a lifelong churchgoer. I would immediately leave any church in which I was a member if politics were preached from the pulpit. I don't go to church for that. I go to church to commune with God, draw closer to Him, and to grow spiritually. And I have walked out of churches with my wife when they have preached politics from the pulpit. Some churches do it because the IRS very, very seldom gets activist and, and pursues um, removing tax-exempt status. But they could. The IRS could do it, and they do do it, but they don't do it in many cases. And many, many churches, particularly conservative evangelical churches, they'll get up there and just put the IRS to the test and see if they can get away with it, and most of the time they do. So I, in the name of religious, religious liberty, I like what President Trump is saying. Killing the Johnson Amendment's a good thing, Okay. But I wouldn't be a part of any church where they used the pulpit to preach politics and endorse candidates. I would be gone in a heartbeat. Where are you on all of this? I'd like to know. I wonder if I'm the Lone Ranger on how strongly I feel about that. Kill the Johnson Amendment? Absolutely right. But if you want to kill my membership in your church, preach politics from the pulpit, and I am gone. 407-916-5400. Let's talk about it, shall we? And what about the text line? It's wide open to you on a Friday morning, as always, at 23680. As a very strong Christian, I've got to get Yaffe's perspective on this, and I will in a moment. But I'd really also like to hear from you. Where are you on all of this? 407-916-5400. Religious liberty is under assault in this country. This is a blow in the other direction being struck by our new president. But I tell you, I support the freedom to preach politics from the pulpit without the heavy hand of the government coming down on you in the form of the IRS removing your tax-exempt status as a church. But I would never stand for it as a parishioner, ever. 407-916-5400. I wonder if you feel the same way or not. Kathy and Anthony, where are you on the president's promise to get rid of the Johnson Amendment so that politics can be preached from the pulpit in church without fear of the IRS taking away a church's tax-exempt status? Well, for one, I completely agree with you that I would not want politics preached from the pulpit. I mean, it depends on the issue, obviously. I mean, abortion is more than just a political issue. 
So if they're talking about abortion, there's something. But if they're talking about like drilling for oil or pick this candidate over that candidate, then yeah, I would not want to see that at church. Mm-hmm. And what about it, Anthony? I believe churches should have the right to uh, to endorse a candidate, um, but I just don't believe they should do so if they receive uh, benefit as large as uh, tax exempt status. Do you think ta- churches ought to be paying taxes, right? Yes, I do. Even if they don't endorse a candidate, I've always taken the position that churches, at least their assets, should be taxed. So that flies in the face of the concept uh, in in this country of separation of church and state, and you're okay with that? Yaffe and I were just talking about that, and I was telling him I can can put together in my head um, an an answer to that, but I can't articulate it yet. I haven't thought about it um, that in depth. Well, I've got some folks on the line who'd like to talk, and here's Susan from Castleberry on with the Bud Man and Company. Good morning to you, Susan. Hi, good morning, Bud. Um, my take on this is that, you know, I, I, we're, we're becoming a plutocracy. That's obvious, obvious to me. I don't want us becoming a theocracy on top of that. I'm a firm believer in the separation of church and state, and if there, if churches are going to now get even more involved in politics, and they already are involved in politics, as it is, then they do need to start paying taxes. So if they're going to eliminate the Johnson Amendment, they can't have it both ways, like what you're saying. You know, if they're going to start endorsing or preaching even on abortion, they need to pay their taxes. All right, Susan, interesting. All right, I appreciate that. I know there are others who feel the same way. Michael's in Claremont. Good morning from Lake County on this. Good morning, Michael. Good morning. You know what? You're right to uh, walk out when politics is being preached because politics is not ordained in the Scriptures. Governing well is. Mm-hmm. And that's what Donald Trump spoke of when he was on the campaign. But people who uh, decry separation of church and state, and they don't like um, organized religion. Organization is stewardship. What they're saying is they don't like corporate religion. There's no reason for the church to acquiesce to corporate status and put themselves under the jurisdiction of the government. All right. Thank you, Michael. Um, You know, I I think one thing that might keep a lot of churches, you know, from going down this route if we kill the Johnson Amendment, Yaffe, is when people en masse just stop showing up because that's not what they go to church for. And I think the pastor gets the message, and for survival, oh, uh, yeah. gives up preaching politics. I, oh, I, I mean, let it, let it be policed in that way. Well, yeah, it should be policed in that way. I mean, I don't—there's a part of me that thinks just because you get a tax break, why should that limit your freedom of speech? Um, by the way, we got, uh, the tech, we got a lot of texts coming in, but uh, a lot of people agree with you. On both counts. Why do you sound so surprised, Yaffe? <laughs> well, I'm not surprised. Opinion. You you were surprised. You you didn't think anyone was going to agree with you. And I was like, I agree with you. I think a lot of people will. All right. What do you see? Anything in particular stick out? Oh, just people saying I agree 100%. Couldn't agree more. I completely agree with Bud. I agree that it's a good thing, though I hope it doesn't cause too much conflict when it goes across the different religious beliefs. Fair enough. Death of 50,000 watt front porch is on fire with incoming on this issue of um, religious liberty. The president claiming that he is going to kill the Johnson Amendment so you can be a pastor and preach politics, endorse candidates from the pulpit without the IRS pulling the plug on your tax-exempt status. And the calls keep coming in. Including Dave from Oviedo, who has an interesting take on the subject. Good morning, Dave. Morning. Thanks for having me. Thank I, you for calling. I just feel like... Hospital. This isn't my quote, but I like it. Hospitals, uh, you know, is a uh, or a 
church is a hospital for sinners, not a hotel for saints. And and sometimes, not all year long, but I think sometimes the the priest or the pastor needs to say, look, these are the people who support our support what we believe, and these are the ones that don't. And just like a doctor sometimes needs to tell you what's in the best interest of your life, they need to also let us know what's going to be in the best interest of the health of our our Christian life in our country. And But I agree, I don't want to hear it all the time, but I think sometimes it's appropriate, and I think it's, it's also against their freedom of speech to not allow them to. So you'd be a vote for killing the um, Johnson Amendment as the president promises to do? I would, but I don't want to listen to politics all the time in church. I'm like you. Yeah. I think right around election time, I think it's not a bad thing to say these are the people that support our beliefs. Some and- people just don't know, and they vote for whoever the drive-by media says is good. And, you know. So you're okay with the churches being political, but you don't want to hear that from the pulpit every day? Yes. Got it. Got it. Interesting. What about you, Deb? I think when you that's go to a pretty moderate take. And, yeah, you'll you'll hear priests suggest, you know, different candidates, especially around election time, those who support, you know, pro-life views, uh, family values. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not uh, untoward to have the church newsletter make mention of it. But if it's a fiery, this is what you must do or you're going to hell kind of sermon, then... That would be a turnoff for you. Yeah, absolutely. And okay. like you, bud, you know, it's always about balance. You know, when it's appropriate around election time, it makes sense. Yep. You know, when it's a Sunday, you know, Easter Sunday, not so much. Understand. What about the news, Deb? Well, new U.S. sanctions against Iran could be announced as early as today, according to U.S. officials. Earlier this week, the White House had put Iran on notice after it test-fired a ballistic missile. The sanctions are expected to be imposed on up to two dozen Iranian individuals, companies, and possibly government agencies. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A little food note this morning. Of all the things you can get out of an ATM, I'm wondering if one of them is a Big Mac. I can't even imagine, but I guess it is or it's about to be. Yeah, well, McDonald's is unveiling a Big Mac ATM in Boston where customers are reportedly loving it. Each person in line, which stretched around the block. Wow. Got to choose between a free Big Mac or the new Big Mac Junior or Grand Mac. I think it might have been the free sandwich. But you get it out of a machine? Yes. Customers had to enter their Twitter handle or email on the touchscreen to get the free food. McDonald's said the promotion lasted three hours and is being used as a marketing tool not to replace employees. Yet. <laughs> yeah, yet. Thank you very much. Yeah, That's Mc- exactly where this is headed. McDonald's called it a one-time promotion. All right. We may have, uh, chances are, heard the headlines earlier this week. Mike Yaffe and I were actually lamenting the news just yesterday. Okay. The alarming uh, headlines, which came Wednesday morning, said such things as 2017 could see a bacon shortage. Everyone Whoa. freak out. America is running low on bacon. You always focus, you guys, on on the big stories. Hey, this is the stuff that <laughs> this, matters. Yeah, this matters. This matters. And this is panic. a big deal. Yeah, panic. People panicked, bud. A bacon shortage. A bacon shortage. Okay. If you're a pig, you're loving this. Other than that, not such a good story, right? Bah, but it is. The source of the anxiety was a recent report from the USDA boosted by the Ohio Pork Council, which reported that the country's frozen pork belly inventory What is that? It's lowest point in half a century. No. Pork belly, for those who do not know, is the source of the greasy, delicious meat slices we love to put on everything. 
But the truth is this, the frozen reserves are just that for reserves. There will be no rationing at breakfast for your burgers or your BLTs. The Ohio Port Council, it turns out, it was fake news, going so far as to even create the website BaconShortage.com. This fake news thing, man. Yeah. At, at all levels, you have no idea what's real and what's not. Exactly. Mr. Deaton, who's with the Port Council, acknowledged the creation of BaconShortage.com was merely a marketing opportunity. So that means bacon lovers have nothing to fear. Okay, that's just cruel. Isn't but not it? this kind of fake news. Yeah. According to Mr. Meyer, the United States produces almost 75 million pounds of, of pork belly every week. Oh, this is good news. I mean... This is good news, Eggs but it's and, bacon. Yeah, you know, like, what is it without bacon? Or Bacon. It would just be an LT, not a BLT? Yeah, exactly. I mean, really? <laughs> it's the bacon that brings it all together. Yaffe, yeah, I've watched you when Deb does the news. I've never seen you listen more intently. Yeah, no, he's only engaged when it's food or cats. Yep. Food and then or I just cats. ignore it all. Yep. The rest of it, he's on his phone. <laughs> hey, Deb, we done? We're done. How about we bring in one more caller on this issue of um, politics preached from the pulpit? And Joe in Titusville, you're on with the Deb Meister and the Bud Man, Yaffe and company. Where do you go on this, Joe? How do you feel? Well, I, I think you're going down a black hole. And the reason for that is the reason they passed it in 54 is because people started uh, having their own religious so that they could hide the money for political reasons. It's, 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 it, you would create a mess. I mean, I myself have walked out of churches that start going down the political, and I'm a Catholic. Yeah, now you uh, and I are on the same wavelength there, but the issue is the president says he promises to kill the Johnson Amendment, um, it, it was, and, and, and do you think he should or not? He should not, because it's, it's going when, when some little church gets a donor giving them a couple million dollars a lot of those pastors will say whatever they they want you know all the different christian religions in this here world uh there are some that are responsible but the ones that aren't could really mess things up and the amount of money that would wind up going into our politicals as as dark money and no traces uh would be insane it's it would be worse than it is already and well, thank you, Joe. That was an interesting take on Yeah, it that. really, really was. we got to go, though, because the clock has eaten us alive, and Deb's got to get back in the newsroom. Oh. Thank you, Joe, so much. Um, here on WFLA News Radio 1025, still on AM 540, nationwide and iHeartRadio. We're here in Good Morning Orlando for the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. I smell a little bit of a political rat in one Super Bowl commercial that's getting a lot of attention. This Budweiser commercial on Adolphus Bush immigrating to the United States in the 1800s to brew beer. And uh, I want to know whether you're picking up the same vibe. Uh, we'll share a little of this with you in a moment. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic as well in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I don't know, maybe my antenna are up just a little bit high for my own good. Maybe I'm sensing something that is not really there. There is a very elaborate Super Bowl ad that will be run on Sunday during the game by the folks from Budweiser. And it and it's a beautifully produced, elaborate, expensive spot recounting how the brewery's co-founder, Adolphus Bush, immigrated to the United States from Germany in the 1800s 
and along the way noting the discrimination he overcame. Let's catch that part of an otherwise absolutely fabulous spot that just gave me goosebumps. But this this gave me a small case of the hives. Listen. You don't look like you're from around here. I want to brew a beer. Welcome to America. You don't want it here. Go back home. We don't want you here. Go back home. You know, I have no idea whether any of that was ever faced by Adolphus Bush. There are those who believe that there's more fiction than fact in the story, but it is a beautiful spot, and they're ultimately promoting um, Budweiser beer, okay, the legacy of Adolphus Bush. Uh, I don't know. I, it, it just seemed to me, I know they produced it before the Trump executive order. These things take a long time to do it. Um, but trust me, they produced it during the campaign when Trump was talking about cracking down on radical Islam by, by by keeping people out from these countries with a rather large radical Islamic population, you know, these countries in the Middle East primarily. And uh, and I see an anti-Trump subtle message there, Yaffe. Am I picking up something that's not there, or have I absolutely picked up on exactly what they're trying to do? I think you're right. I think you're exactly right. I mean, to even have somebody, you know, you him run into somebody saying, we don't want you here, get out. I mean, that's... Come on. <laughs> of course, now, Adolphus Bush came over here from Germany, uh, I think it's in the 1850s or something, uh, as a legal immigrant, okay? Yeah. As a legal immigrant. Once again, you know, the liberals, and, and you may have liberal management going on here, and I'll tell you who's running Anheuser-Busch right now, and you may not know this, or you may not have thought about it, or you may have forgotten about it, but, but they want to blur the line always between legal and illegal immigration, and Trump is trying to make that a very clear line of demarcation. They're trying to blur it in this spot about how rotten we've always treated immigrants. Well, even Trump has said once we build the wall, we're going to put a great big door in the wall and let more people in legally. Yeah. But they never mention that part. Now, Europe has been taking all of these migrants from the Middle East, you know, and they're 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 they're, they're dumping on us because we're not being compassionate, you know, and flying in the face of the great longstanding U.S. tradition of taking immigrants in. Legal immigrants who want the best for this country, not the worst Okay, Anheuser-Busch is owned by a Belgian outfit in Europe, InBev, now. And I just wonder whether or not they are driving the immigration message that I just uh, shared with you in the middle of that otherwise fantastic spot about Adolphus Bush. And that's the way I see it. All right, so watch for it on Sunday. Um, It really is, um, it really is terrific. But they had to have that little moment there, and I think, I think it was no accident. We've been talking about that um, Budweiser Super Bowl ad. It's a great lavish production. And uh, in the middle of it, they have their statement about immigration and how badly Americans were treating Adolphus Bush when he came to the country to brew beer, came from Germany in the 19th century. Uh, you know, and, and, and I really felt like they were making a, a statement against the tough Trump policies on illegal immigration and immigration from parts of the world where there are likely to be radical Islamic terrorists among the population coming in. Yaffe, that entire spot you have posted on our website so people can look at it in advance of the Super Bowl. And uh, it kind of gripes you that these spots are put out before they actually air. I know. It ruins the surprise. It used to be a thing at the Super Bowl to watch the commercials and wait for them and to see what commercials came out. But now they release them all ahead of time. Well, what's the 
What's the fun of that? Um, well, I don't know. You don't have to look at them. A lot of people won't know uh, about them or see know. them. They'll know. It's you everywhere. You think in this age of social media and everything that everybody's going to see them all, right? Yes. Yeah. Of course. Especially like one like that one, the Budweiser one. Yeah. I want to be surprised, Bud. I want to yeah. rate the commercials as they come on. Now I'm just going to ignore the commercials. Well, I'm. I, we wanted to give you an opportunity because I knew how upset you were about this. I, I'm very distraught too. about this. Yeah. But it's just therapeutic. You need to get this out, you know? <laughs> it's just festering in there, Yaffe. We can't have that. All right? You feel better now? No. I want them to change it. Not working. Okay. You seen those um, billboards that are kind of lifted from the Trump campaign slogan, Make America Great? Again, Making America Great with Love, Compassion, and Mercy. Phone number. And a website to an organization well, to answer some questions about why Islam from the American Muslim Community Centers in Longwood. I'm going to uh, bring on Atif Farid. He's the head man of that organization to talk with me live about the billboard campaign and other things. It's coming up at the top of our Power Pack third hour here of Good Morning Orlando. And I hope you will stay with me. In the meantime here... The Bud Man and the Deb Meister and Yaffe and Anthony from the Frontgate Realty Studio visit LauraHasTheBuyers.com. Yes, we're on WFLA News Radio 1025 FM, still on AM 540 and nationwide on iHeartRadio. Download that iHeartRadio app. It is just fantastic. Deborah Roberts with the news here in a moment. The Trump administration to impose new sanctions on Iran. It could happen today. And, uh, well, yes, she says, and she's quite right for the Bud Man. It's all about Super Bowl 51. It's all about Tom Brady and the Patriots. It's all about this beautiful Tom Brady jersey my kids gave me for Father's Day a couple of years ago that I'm watching right now. Deb, you can't even cast your eyes upon the Bud Man. I know. <clears throat> he's just a recovering Packer fan. You have to understand where she's coming from. <laughs> the news coming right up here, and good morning from us all at 7.59. Good morning, Orlando. Good Friday morning to you at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. Time for an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, the Trump administration will impose new sanctions on Iran. And are you ready for some football? We'll have the details in one minute. And I'll talk live with a man behind the billboard campaign you may have seen along I-4 and elsewhere, making America great with love, compassion, and mercy, next on Good Morning Orlando. Good Friday morning. It's 8.03 on News Radio 1025. The U.S. plans to slap Iran with new sanctions as early as today. The move is in response to Iran's test launch last weekend of a ballistic missile. National Security Advisor Michael Flynn called that launch further evidence of Iran's destabilizing behavior in the volatile Middle East. Both he and President Trump said they were putting Iran on notice over the test, although they didn't explain exactly what that means. Sources say the sanctions will be crafted so they will not violate the 2015 Iran nuclear deal. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A Navy SEAL who died from injuries during a weekend raid in Yemen is being promoted posthumously. The Navy says Chief Special Warfare Officer William Ryan Owens was eligible for promotion to Senior Chief Petty Officer in 2018. Ryan instead was promoted effective January 29th, the day he died. Three other service members were injured in the raid, and another three were hurt during a hard landing of an aircraft that was picking up casualties. In local news, quick thinking is credited with helping a woman fend off an attacker. The Lake County woman was 
simply sitting in her car early yesterday morning in Claremont when a man opened the car door and pulled her out by her hair. As he started to take her clothes off, she says she pleaded with him not to rape her in public, but to take her back inside the car. When he did, she grabbed a knife she kept hidden under her radio and stabbed him several times before calling police, who arrested him. Houston is ramping up security measures ahead of this Sunday Super Bowl 51 match between the Falcons and Patriots. Chief Art Arcevedo says a lot of the security around NRG Stadium is going to be covert. Officers at the event will blend into the background, but they will be there. At a press briefing this week, Acevedo said the Super Bowl is an all-hands-on-deck type of event. It'll be a big weekend for football fans, including here in Florida, despite the fact we don't have a team in the big game. James Miller with the Florida Retail Federation says we're expected to spare no expense to enjoy the Super Bowl this Sunday between the Falcons and Pats. One thing that Florida is known for, among other things, is um, their love of football. And we anticipate the spending on the Super Bowl for Florida for watch parties in the state of Florida will be um, extremely high. Uh, we're anticipating about a $75 per person spend on everything from food to drinks to decorations for the Super Bowl. Miller says most of those who will be watching the big game will attend or host parties as opposed to going out, but he also says restaurants and bars around the Sunshine State will definitely see a big spike in business. A 30-second TV spot for this Sunday Super Bowl costs a record $5 million, but is it worth it? Media buying expert Joy Bear of Strata thinks so, saying you can't beat the Super Bowl for exposure. Last year, 112 million people watched the football game with nearly one out of six surveyed saying they tune in especially for the commercials. Bear says consumer-focused products that are fun and relevant, including beer and cars, get the biggest bang for their advertising buck. And finally, manatees at the Moat Marine Laboratory here in Florida are picking sides for this weekend's Super Bowl game between the New England Patriots and the Atlanta Falcons. Scientists there posted the logo of the Pats and Falcons on the tank glass to see which team two manatees preferred. One manatee picked the Falcons while the other picked the Pats. It's the 10th year the lab manatees have made their Super Bowl picks, but uh, if you're laying down any kind of green for the game... Just be aware the Pats are favored to win by three and a half points. Oh, I think they're going to win it by ten. Go Patriots! The hush falls over my co-host here. Recovering Packer fan. You know, there's nothing that can be done for her. Something's stuck in my throat. Don't worry. Just take good care of yourself. Live a long life. They may get back in the big game someday. Oh, I can't wait for karma to pay you a visit. <laughs> if Patriots <laughs> lose Monday morning, I have no oh. idea. I've been so annoying and obnoxious oh. all morning. No, I you have, haven't. I don't know how no, I know off air I've been obnoxious to a lot of people, and I, and I know I have been with my Tom Brady jersey on here. I don't know how I will face you all on Monday morning. Hopefully I'm not going to have to worry about it. I was going to say, yeah, hopefully you won't have to worry about it, but if they lose, my goodness, it's going to be a great Monday. That's the great fear, but I, I feel pretty good about it. You should, bud. I mean, come on. They're unstoppable. WFLA News Time 808. Read about the Statue of Liberty was supposed to be an Arab peasant woman. Wow. That was the original design. The Statue of Liberty was to be designed to look like an Arab peasant woman. You can check out the story for yourself at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. In a moment, a very special guest. 
He's a local chairman of the American Muslim Community Centers, the organization responsible for those big billboards you may have seen on I-4 and other places in Central Florida, kind of lifting the uh, Trump campaign slogan saying, Making America Great with Love, Compassion, and Mercy. What's it all about? We'll find out in a moment. That in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. If you're like me, you've taken notice of some of those enormous billboards along I-4 and other thoroughfares in Central Florida that say something very similar to the Trump campaign slogan of Make America Great Again. But the billboards say, Making America Great with Love, Compassion, and Mercy. And then a phone number in bold letters, 877-Y-ISLAM. Then a website, whyislam.com.org, rather, whyislam.org, lower right, paid for by American Muslim Community Centers. Well, my special guest now is the chairman of the American Muslim the American Muslim Community Centers up in Longwood. Atif Farid, welcome to Good Morning Orlando. It's good to have you with us this morning. Good morning, bud. How are you? I'm just fine. How are you doing? Excellent. You know, I'm taking a look at the website here, and it describes your organization in part uh, the following way. AMCC, by initials, is the Islamic organization founded in 2012 with the intent of serving the Muslims of Central Florida. Its mission, to provide Islamic educational, social, and cultural services to the Muslim community in Central Florida and to promote the teachings of Islam to the inquiring people of other faith traditions. That said, let's shift into the billboard campaign. What is its purpose, Atif? Well, um, when the candidate Trump had a slogan that said, make America great again. We said, America is really great, and we are doing great things to keep America great. So when he won the election, we got together and said, how do we make America great? We don't like the word again, because we think America is great and has always been great and continues to be great. But what we have done since we started in 2012 we have uh, a good outreach to the larger community, from interfaith to serving the homeless, to supporting women's shelters, um, to we just opened a free clinic about a month ago. So we said, don't listen to what we say, just watch what we do. Our actions should speak louder. We are making America great by helping the societies that we live in, that we want to benefit the larger community by having dialogue, by interacting. Uh, we passed out uh, turkey dinners on Thanksgiving. Oh, you no so, question. You do a lot of good things in the community and a lot of outreach. And I know, I, I know there's a great feeling in the Muslim community that largely you are misunderstood and people fear Muslims when, for the most part, Muslims are peace-loving and um, every bit um, as positive on America as the rest of us are. But I want to ask you, uh, you lifted essentially um, Donald Trump's campaign slogan, varied it some. Uh, I think I may know the answer to this, but please articulate your feelings. Um, Where are you on Donald Trump, now President Trump? Well, he is our president, and we want to reach out to him. Uh, when he wanted to ban the Muslims as a candidate, we invited him to our mosque. You know, uh, we sent him an invitation. Uh, we never got a response. Uh, we want to continue to uh, engage him and engage those who support him. 
I was not a supporter of Donald Trump, but now that he's my president, I wish him well. I wish him success because in his success lies the success of America. Uh, some of the actions he has taken is uh, not surprising, but it is, in my opinion, not uh, good for the country. I want to ask uh, you to be specific on that in a moment. And, of course, I want to ask you for your reaction to his executive order on immigration, temporarily okay. suspending uh, immigration from seven Muslim-majority countries in the Middle East that even the Obama administration had identified as trouble areas with a disproportionate population of radical Islamic terrorists. I want to ask you about that and other things in a moment. Uh, if you'll stay with me kindly, Atif Farid, who is the uh, chairman of the um, American Muslim Community Centers in Longwood, responsible for that uh, big billboard campaign, Making America Great with Love, Compassion, and Mercy. More with Atif Farid in a moment. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you in just two minutes. So stay with us, if you will, here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. An organization known as the American Muslim Community Centers, the, um, the chapter up in Longwood is responsible for that big billboard campaign that you're seeing on I-4 and other places, Making America Great with Love, Compassion, and Mercy. And uh, the chairman of the uh, organization up in Longwood, Atif Farid, is my very special guest. I have to ask you, that is a... We've lost him. I hope he's coming back. Okay. Let me know when we are good to go because uh, I have a couple of questions here. Um, and uh, Atif, thank you for uh, coming back on the line with us here. What kind of response are you getting to the billboard campaign? I mean, you can't well, miss them. So what kind of reaction, maybe positive, maybe not so much, are you been getting? Uh, we have had an overwhelming positive response. We've had not a single negative uh, response. So we feel very blessed because the good people of Central Florida know who we are. We've done billboard campaigns. I think this is the fourth year in a row we're doing it. Mm -hmm. So we've had great, uh, lots of emails and uh, lots of different letters in the mail thanking us for uh, doing what we are doing. So we've, we've had very great success in the past, and so we'll hopefully continue doing this every year. Now, we're two weeks into the Trump presidency. I'm going to ask you what I asked everybody listening to me in our 6 o'clock hour this morning when we came on the air. Um, how is President Trump doing? Is he better or worse than you thought he would be, and why? Well, it's too early to tell. Uh, he has done a lot of executive orders uh, so far, the one that has affected my community indirectly and has caused a lot of angst internationally is the... Uh, prohibition from nine countries uh, that that citizens of those countries who have valid visas and in the early stages those who were even uh, green card holders like permanent residents were not allowed back yeah, but that, that, that has all been cleared up what is your problem with this i mean you know you're a patriotic american you say and i don't doubt that for one minute all the president's trying to do is protect the american people which he is charged with doing um, you know, by minimizing the flow of potential radical Islamic terrorists into this country. Well, I absolutely agree that we have to have secure borders as a nation. We have a right to uh, determine who comes into our country and not. So uh, having said that, the, someone who gets a visa, they, the visa is issued by the United States Embassy after they go through a vetting process. It's not the Russian embassy that's giving out that's giving out U.S. visas. It's American embassy that's doing that. So those who have valid visas, who are 
traveling to the United States is after they have gone through the vetting process, this process every country in the world uses. And it's not unique to the United States. Well, so- Atif, listen, I understand all of that. But let me ask you, as a Muslim, what are we supposed to do in this country to protect people from, from from these radical Islamic terrorist attacks. And what in the world is the Muslim community doing? And most of my listeners will tell you they don't think you're doing enough. The peace-loving Muslims of America, who make up the vast majority of Muslims, doing um, uh, to end the scourge of radical Islam. you got a cancer on your religion. I mean, what are we going to do about it in this country? Well, we are doing what we've always done through education. Uh, there will always be someone... Uh, who either misinterprets religion or has a political axe to grind or is a demented individual. Now, this gentleman who did it in Quebec went to a mosque and killed uh, six people. Uh, He was also radicalized. So there is no shortage of people who are radicalized. Throughout the history of mankind, people have resorted to violence for either political reasons, religious reasons, um, well, but you're not you're, you're, you're not giving me an answer. Where do we go from here? I mean, uh, why would you not support every maximum effort to keep radical Islamic terrorists out of this country and to ferret out those who walk among us, like Omar Mateen, who slaughtered 49 people at the Pulse nightclub in downtown Orlando? Well, Omar Mateen was born in New York City. Whatever. He's so, living in Fort Pierce, Florida. Yeah, So, he, but he's a United States citizen by birth. Now, let's be honest with ourselves. These nine countries that were singled out, Seven, not a I single think. terror attack came from the citizens of these nine countries. 9-11 was a great tragedy for the United States. The countries that were responsible, the citizens of the countries that were responsible for 9-11 are not targeted. Yeah, Saudi Arabia. I think Saudi Arabia, Turkey, and Egypt, and a whole bunch of other ones ought to be on the list. But, I mean, what in the world? What in the world are we going to do? Are you telling me this is a problem with... Without a solution, as a peace-loving Muslim, you are telling me we just have to live with the scourge of radical Islam here in the United States, sir? Well, uh, this is a a very uh, complex question to answer in a few minutes. There there can be multi-pronged approaches, working with the Muslim community and the law enforcement, the CIA, the FBI, the State Department, DHS, all of us have to be on the same page. And, you know, we are very proactive. If we see any kind of suspicious activity, we feel confident in contacting law enforcement. This is step number one. We, we as a community must feel safe. If we con- contact law enforcement and we're getting the third degree, then this is counterproductive. This was one of the first messages we tried to get to law enforcement. Our community must feel safe, that we must feel that the law enforcement will take our uh, concerns seriously and not paint our community with suspicion in a broad brush. Atif, so you're right. We, it is a very... Made some, we have made some inroads with the law enforcement community because they know we want to partner with them. So we are partnering with the Longwood Police Department, as an example, with the Seminole County Sheriff's Department. I have lots of friends in law enforcement, and so we have done our part, and we will continue to do our part, because any kind of 
violence affects everybody equally, and all people who are innocent must not suffer through any kind of unnecessary violence against them. Everybody should feel safe, whether they're in a synagogue, whether they're in a mosque, in a church, or in a... I do not disagree with you, and I really appreciate you coming on. I am flat out of time. I hope we can have an opportunity to talk again. The chairman of the American Muslim Community Centers of Longwood, Atif Farid, driving force between behind that billboard campaign we've been talking about, and much, much more. Thank you very much for being with us here this morning, sir. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. All right. Good deal. Coming up, we got the news with Deb and then your reaction to the Atif Fareed interview here. 407-916-5400, text line 23680. Good morning, Orlando, at 830 now. Deb, lots of incoming on the phone lines and on the text line off the Atif Fareed interview. Yeah, exactly. So let's check with the super producer, Mike Yaffe, and see what the texters have to say this morning. Uh, Yeah, one person uh, made an interesting point. He said, um, because the guy's typical response is a great answer. We are are doing what we have always done. That's what the the guy we interviewed said. We're doing what we've always done. But he says, well, that obviously isn't working and something needs to change. In terms of we still have the scourge of radical Islamic terrorism to deal with. Right, exactly. Um, Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, some others. uh, One person did respect, though, that he... uh, um, that he is not erroneously calling it a Muslim ban. So he did say, I respect that. Mm-hmm. And um, another person said, sorry, I'm kind of like scrolling through. No, that's fine. We can hear that. And Anthony in the background furiously being our phone screener this morning. So. And we will be taking the phone calls in the next segment. In the meantime, Deb, how about a news update? Well, Iran could be hit with new sanctions by the U.S. as early as today. Earlier this week, you'll remember the Trump administration had said it had put Iran on notice after it test-fired a ballistic missile. It's unclear exactly which entities would be sanctioned, but administration officials say those sanctions will be placed in a way that does not break the 2015 nuclear deal. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. So how does a primate find a date when they're confined to an urban jungle? Hmm. Well, orangutans in a Dutch zoo may get a high-tech helping hand, Thanks to a research project that's being likened to a Tinder dating app for apes. <laughs> we got a dating app now for apes? Yes, we do. The research at the Primate Park is investigating the emotional responses of orangutans and bonobos to images of the same species they're shown on a touchscreen. Biologist Thomas Bayanda says the screen could help determine an ape's preference between prospective mates as part of a breeding program. Bionda hopes that having apes check out images on a computer screen could help determine the compatibility of a prospective pair. Because even though, you know, a lot of these zoos have these all-important breeding programs that's yeah. keeping a lot of species on the brink of extinction still on the planet, right? it's still just like it is in the human world. You, you've got to like the animal that you're p- being paired up with. Yeah. In the meantime, the primate park is another problem, bud. What's that? Building an orangutan-proof touchscreen. They're pretty rough. Well, the screen in the primate <laughs> sleeping area was recently destroyed by a young female called Samjoa or Samboja, who did not like the choices she was presented with on the ape Tinder. Yeah. So what? Just trashed it? She smashed the screen. <laughs> Didn't like what she was seeing. That was crazy orangutan. I know. Meanwhile, those looking for love might want to connect with someone over their common hatreds. 
A new dating app appropriately called Hater is doing just that. Users get to create a profile based on whether they like or dislike certain things. The app then connects you with possible matches based on your common dislikes. The app's creator told New York Magazine that he was working as a comedy writer when he first had the idea but thought it would actually work. Hater is set to launch next week, and if this sounds strange, it's really not. A study has shown, uh, of course, it's going to surprise no one, that psychologists have found that hating the same person can actually bring two people closer together. Gee whiz, I never thought about that. But I think I think finding somebody where you not only have in common your likes but your dislikes bodes well for compatibility over the long haul, I would think. It, it does. Well, and what they say what happens is there's kind of like a conspiratorial spirit that comes over two people who dislike the same thing. There's almost an, an instant implication of trust. Okay. And a feeling like, wow, I feel like I already know this person. I've never really thought of it that way. That makes sense to me. It's actually a uh, tighter bond maker than liking the same things. Is hating the same things. Wow. Very interesting. So there you go. Haters and apes. Good stuff, Deb. Thank you. All right. Here we go. I'm going to take phone calls on my interview with Atif um, Farid and that uh, big billboard campaign you're seeing around the area here, I-4 and other places, making America great with love, compassion, and mercy. Um, from this Muslim and this Muslim organization. Your thoughts, 407-916-5400 um, and our text line, 23680. Really appreciate him coming on here and taking a little heat from the Bud Man here. I have to add the questions I thought that you would want asked. I hope I succeeded in that mission. Let's talk about your reaction to it all. Interesting conversation with the man who is the chairman of the American Muslim Community centers in Longwood, responsible for the big uh, I-4 and other locations billboard campaign, kind of uh, ripping off Donald Trump's Make America Great Again campaign slogan, Making America Great with Love, Compassion, and Mercy, and uh, directs you to um, a phone number and uh, a website to get to know Islam better than you might. Let's see what you think about the interview and the comments of my guest, Atif Farid. Hello, Gary, and good morning from Claremont. Well, good morning, Bud. Thanks for taking the call. Sure. I just wanted to say that I thought the, Mr. Farid's whole point of view and perspective is backwards. Instead of putting, uh, accusing America, and that's not being compassionate love, you know, we are the most compassionate country. And, you know, it's not that everybody has a right to come to America. There has to be a it's a privilege and you have to earn that privilege. And it's no different than I have to say this on his behalf. He did say that was we have the right to to, you know, to control who comes into our country. He did say that. Yeah, they acknowledge that. But then they turn around and say, but don't tell us we can't come or don't don't say that where applies to us. And that's where the, the double standard is. They want to sound like they're being reasonable. But you don't see signs out telling the Muslim community that, hey, we have to be more American. We have to cooperate. Even the point that he tried to make that they do speak out and they do try to help the police. Well, it seems like in every instance where we've had these terrorist attacks, it's just the opposite. They stay quiet. They don't try to spread the word and, and stop these things from happening. Yeah, that is my enduring complaint with peace loving Muslims, how silent they are. Let's go to Olin in Palm Bay. Thanks for that call. Go ahead from South Brevard County. Olin, good morning. Hey, good morning to you, bud. And uh, I'm sorry I didn't hear all of the interview with the Muslim leader, but I was wondering if you had asked this Muslim leader, why is it, and this, this is not a trick question, 
why is it that Muslims all over the world, why can't they get along? Most of the turmoil, uh, war, strife, uh, all of it's caused by Muslims, and it originates in the Middle East. So what is their problem? No, we actually did not discuss that, and it would have been an interesting conversation. Maybe we'll have that next time with Atif Farid on the air. I did invite him to come back. Yaffe on the text line. Uh, yes, uh, one person one person said this while complimenting you, bud. Keep asking hard questions. Don't give them softballs. I do not want to relent my freedoms or sense of security to placate political correctness. So like the interview, another person said, Muslims should fix their problem and don't complain or else we the people have a right to protect ourselves. And this is done with vetting. Good stuff. Great response. Appreciate it. Thoughtful comments. Passionate comments, as I would expect from the smartest, most connected audience in talk radio and the most patriotic as well. Thanks once again to my special guest, um, Atif Farid. Ready to go with our sound judgment contestants and... uh, they fooled me in the prize department. They've switched prizes right now. First time we've given this away. And Anthony, for Beatles lovers and count me among them, this is great stuff. Yes, but we have a very awesome prize today, especially for Beatles lovers. We have a copy of the Beatles Love soundtrack and the Beatles Love promo pack. This is a combination of notepads, hats, bags, and pins. You can celebrate this Valentine's Day with the Beatles Love by Cirque du Soleil at the Mirage Hotel and Casino on the Las Vegas Strip. With 360-degree seating, The Beatles' Love tells a unique story from every angle, while a three-time Grammy-winning soundtrack sets the backdrop for thrilling aerial acrobatics, colorful new imagery, and reimagined choreography. This is a Beatles prize pack that's a stunner that I don't think anybody else you know is going to have. Now, are you ready? Okay, those of you watching us on Facebook Live right now will note that I am wearing my Tom Brady Patriots jersey been a huge fan even before the Brady-Belichick era began. Now, speaking of the beginning of the Patriots dynasty, we're going to play sound now from the final play of Tom Brady's first of four Super Bowl victories. Then, use your sound judgment, think back, and tell me what year this happened. With seven seconds left, the Patriots and the Rams tied at 17-all. Here we go. Brady throws the ball to the ground with seven seconds left, and Adam Vinatieri will try to win it with a 47-yard field goal attempt. The first Brady Belichick Super Bowl title. The question is, give me the year that happened. Line four, you've got the first shot at the Beatles prize pack. Uh, That'd be 2002. Bingo! Yes, February 3rd, 2002 at the Superdome in New Orleans. Wow, that's good. How'd you know that? I guess I'm just lucky this morning. <laughs> you are, absolutely, and you've won the Beatles prize pack and the sound judgment Woo. game. You sound happy about it. Oh, yes, that's awesome. It's going to be great. First name, please. Uh, Carl. Carl, with a C or a K? With a C. C-A-R-O. Where are you this morning as you call in? Well, I'm uh, driving on I-4, going to work. Okay, fair enough. Well, I hope you have a good day at work. We got your Friday off to a better start than usual, I'll bet. (laughs) Yes, you did. (laughs) Good stuff, Carl. Don't go away. Anthony will take care of the arrangements for the prize off air. Okay, buddy? All righty. Yeah, there we go. Good, good stuff. Put you on hold 
right there. By the way, if you can't get enough of what we do here uh, with local talk radio on WFLA with Good Morning Orlando, we've got Yaffe coming up this evening here on WFLA with his great show, Beyond Reason. Yaffe? Yes, and there's a lot of Beyond Reason stuff to talk about, and it's 6 to 8 p.m. tonight, so uh, join me. It's always a lot of fun. 50,000 watt front porch will be wide open for your calls and your texts just the way we do it here in the morning. Hosted by my executive producer extraordinaire, Yaffe. Yaffe the Great. Prime time, Yaffe. Well, almost 6 o'clock. It's pretty good. You got to love that. So tune in tonight. You will have um, you will have a great experience. I know you will. That'll do it for this edition of um, Good Morning Orlando from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com or on WFLA News Radio 1025 FM, still on AM 540 Nationwide and iHeartRadio. For Deb, Yaffe, and Anthony, the whole team, the Budman here, thanks for being part of a great show made great by the best audience in talk radio. Have a nice weekend. Go Pats. Thanks. God bless you and God bless America.